Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello guys, welcome to Parenthood Friday. So lovely to have you here. Hey, before we get going today, can I please ask you guys a huge, huge favor? Would you be able to, if you're on Spotify, give me a five-star rating on Spotify and then on Apple, you can do the same. You can do a five-star rating, but you can also leave a written review. If you guys could do that, that would be amazing. Um, I've actually got a lot of reviews, which is great. I think there's about 30 on there, which is pretty good. A lot of even podcasts that have more listenership don't even have that many. But unfortunately, uh, there are some very predictable people, only a few, um, who, and I don't know, it seems to be Christians that do this. I don't know why. And particularly young adults, that when you say things they don't like, Rather than just going, oh, I disagree with that, and oh, okay, well, maybe I won't listen, they come along and give me these stinking reviews, which is so annoying and immature and predictable. So anyway, it would be great if we could flood Girl Next Door instead with some some good reviews, because I know you guys, everywhere, everywhere I go, um, you guys come and thank me, which I'm really thankful for. So if you can do that, guys, I would really, really appreciate that. Uh, but like I said, only the written ones can happen on um, on Apple, um, whereas Spotify can only leave like a, a star rating. Anyway, today, I said that I would go to the other end of the crib today. Remember last week we talked about high chair manners and how it's just another opportunity for moral training and teaching of our child? Well, today we're going to go the other way and we're going to talk about dating and how Cameron and I have navigated this with our three kids. And um, look, I'm going to see how I go, but there's a lot to say without giving away anything about my own kids. Like I don't want to go giving personal stories and then they will listen back and go, not that they listen, but maybe they will one day and they'll go, mom, what the heck did you say? Um, So I might share one or two things, but we'll see. Um, But anyway, my constant advice, like anything, when it comes to dating is to go into this with a plan. Okay. Because, uh, you know, if we don't come up with a plan and, or we wait until our child's like 12 or 13 and we've, you know, found out after the fact that, oh my gosh, my child is dating someone at school, Well, like I've said before, that's reactive parenting. We don't want to be reactive parents. We want to be proactive. And um, we all know what happens when we're reactive. We've talked about this many times. That's when we end up with frustrated kids, with kids that act out. And it will be the same for teenagers. If we wait and we react because our kids get themselves into a situation and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't like that. I don't like that they're dating and we haven't gone into it proactively, but we react. We're going to end up with a really frustrated teenager who will most likely give us a lot of pushback. So our plan, like I've said before, where do these plans come from when we decide, okay, I'm going to go into this with a plan. It always comes from our values, our values, our personal values, our family values, they are what drive our decisions, our parenting decisions, and our plans. 
And it's important that we go into this with a plan because if we don't come up with one, I can guarantee you that your child will come up with one for you. So either we lead the way um, and, and we get to use these opportunities to continue to instill our family values and our personal values, or our teenager or our child will lead the way. So let me talk about your values for just a moment. Um, so when it comes to dating, you probably don't even realize how many personal values that you might bring to the table. And depending on your values, that will determine the kind of decisions that you make around your kids. So obviously, like I say, most weeks, what I'm going to share with you is based on my personal values and our family values, but yours could be different, but at least it will give you a guide and a gauge. So think of things like, you know, what do you think about sex outside of marriage? Like you might be fine with that. You might think that it's okay for your teenager to engage in that. Or do you think, no, you know, for me, our family values is that, you know, sex is something for that. I want our teenagers to wait until they're married. Um, do you, here's another value. Do you think that there's an age where they're mature enough to date? Uh, do you think that they need to experiment with several partners in order to know what they want in the person they decide to marry? Or do you think, well, no, that's just going to leave room for more trouble and more hurt. So you can see where I'm going. So just think about some of those questions because all of us are going to have different values, which will drive the way that we parent our kids in this area of dating. The other thing that's going to drive us, by the way, are our own personal experiences. So I had a really good personal experience with dating and um, and obviously marriage and it's really worked for me. And so I'm really convinced, I think, about the way that we've navigated our kids because I've navigated them very much through my personal experience because that's worked for me because I've gone from coming from a very dysfunctional home to, uh, you know, creating my own family where Cameron and I've been married for 24 years now. And so our personal experiences are going to drive what we decide to let or not let our kids do. So let me tell you a little personal story here. My mum used to always say to me, for, for some reason, she would always pick on the drive-in, right? Now, drive-ins weren't even big, by the way, when I was growing up, but my mum would always say, you are banned from ever going to the drive-in and you're not ever, ever, ever to go to the drive-in with a boy. So what did I do? When my mum went on holidays, mind you, I literally was like 18 or 19 by then, I remember sneaking out and going in groups. I used to go in, in groups, boys and girls, guys and girls to the drive-in every now and then. But I remember always thinking, why the heck was my mum so adamant that I was never allowed in the drive-in? So my mind used to jump to the fact, what the heck did they used to do at the drive-in? Because for us, it was like, ah, uh, we literally just watched a movie in the drive-in. So anyway, that's what I mean about personal experience. So my mum was putting something on me, banning me from the drive-in. And I'm like, I'm there to watch a movie. I never would have done anything in a drive-in. And we went in groups and I did it behind her back. Oh my gosh. It's literally probably the only naughty thing I did. Anyway, so, so have a plan, make sure you know what your values are. Think about your personal experience and how that's um, influencing you. 
But the, the, the other thing about this is it's never too early to have a plan. So if you, I mean, I know I've got people that listen to this podcast and you don't even have kids yet. Kudos guys, kudos to you. I used to think about these things before I had kids as well. I used to think about how I would raise my kids and the kind of kids that I wanted to have. And I would watch people who had really good kids. And I used to observe, I used to watch their parenting, the decisions that they made. So it's really never too early to have a plan. So if you've got little kids, kids in primary school, you should be thinking about this now. Cameron and I always had a plan when it came to dating. And thank God, Cameron and I just seem to agree on on most things. Um, so for me, for me, it was like, you can't let them do something in primary school only to turn around and then let them do that in high school. I've talked about this before because what you let them do in primary school, because you might think, oh, that's cute. And that's so harmless to then turn around when they're in high school and not let them do the same thing is going to cause frustration. And I've talked about this before. For example, I didn't really want Georgia walking around the beach with skimpy bikinis when she was a teenager. So I didn't let her wear skimpy bikinis when she was a kid. Whereas most people might go, oh, it doesn't matter what they wear when they're a kid. Or, um, I didn't let them have sleepovers very often, very few places I'd let them have sleepovers when they were little, because then to all of a sudden pull back when they're a certain age, they don't understand. They just think, are you kidding me? Mum and dad used to let me do this. And now they're coming down hard on all this stuff. And that's when you get rebellious teenagers. So don't let them do something in primary school that you're not going to be happy with them doing in high school. Okay. And that includes when it comes to dating. Because we might think it's really cute to let them have this little boyfriend or this little girlfriend when they're six and I'll look and they've got their arm around them and they're giving them a kiss on the cheek. How cute. But when they're 14, we're pretty much not really thinking that's cute anymore, especially the dads. We're busy thinking about, holy heck, they can get in so much trouble, um, you know, and we we know that there's so much more at stake. So plan from the younger years how you're not going to navigate this season. Now, guys, I know that this is a terrifying time for us as parents. I'm kind of right in the middle of it, um, having a 21, 19 and a 16 year old. And it can feel a little bit like guesswork because we only get one shot at it. And it's even more terrifying to us because we understand what's at stake. Because I might be talking about dating, but in reality, I'm talking about everything that goes with it. You know, we think about things like, you know, is my teenager going to become sexually active? Will my daughter want to or ask to go on birth control pills? Or even worse, are they going to be sexually active and hide it from me and not ask? You know, what's the worst of the evils there? Um, and we, you know, what we want to do is jump those years and just see them down the track, grown up, married to a beautiful spouse, building a life, a house and a home and having kids but we've got to navigate and walk through a minefield first, right? And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Now, I have seen all sorts of approaches to dating because like I always tell you, I'm a big observer. I've seen parents who let their kids have boyfriends and girlfriends in primary school. They've got no problem with it. They think it's cute. Um, I've seen parents happily let their young teenagers date in high school. Um, I've seen parents who didn't want their child to date in high school, but then their teen started to rebel 
and started to go behind their back. So against their better judgment or against what they thought their values and their rules were, um, they let their teen date. And I've seen that happen quite a few times where they're like, oh, heck, I guess they figure it's better that it's done in front of them than behind their back. Guys, can I just say for the record, I've never seen that end well. I've never seen where a parent, um, you know, didn't want their teenager to date. Their teenager starts dating someone they don't agree with. They figure, well, I'll let them do it in front of my face, then behind my back. I've never seen it end well. Um, So let me share what our values have been around this and you can take it or leave it. Um, It has worked well for us and we have had light None, none to minimal issues in this area with all three of our kids. So the greatest value that we are driven by when it comes to Cameron and I navigating this area is that we want our kids to be, you know, down the track to be in a committed marriage relationship. And, you know, that that's our aim, that they would get married and, and have a family. Um, and oh my gosh, if I've got anyone listening that's like, well, your kids might not want to get married. And that's true, although I doubt it. But um, if that's the case, go for it. Don't get married. Um, so I'm not saying I'm controlling them, but that's how we've raised them. And I am pretty sure all three of our kids will get married. But marriage is meant to, for us, be a lifelong monogamous. I think I wrote down here monotonous. <laughs> I did not mean monogamous, monogamous, permanent relationship. So we want our kids to find the best partners in life for this. And that value is what drives every decision we make around dating. So we see dating as preparation for finding that person. Now, in a real world, it doesn't mean that they will find it in the first person that they date. So we're not saying, oh, you can't date until you find the person you think you can marry and then you can date them and then you get married. Okay. We know that's not reality. You know, they might date a few people before they find that. But if dating, if the purpose of dating is to prepare them for for marriage, then what's the point of dating when you're like 10 or 13 or 16? Can I just say too, I don't know where I got this from, but I have had this value since I was a little kid. Like I remember when I was in year six, um, so I would have been what, like 11, maybe 12, no 11, year six. And I remember I was, okay, I was a nerd. I was the library school monitor and this boy, this blonde haired, cutie, really nice boy called Heath came knocking on the library door and asked me to date him through the library window. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Someone likes me. Someone's asked me out. But I I remember saying no to him so politely. Thank you, but no, thank you. Because literally this is what went through my mind. I'm not going to marry him. So what's the point of dating him? I know, right? I was smart even as a 11 year old. But so, so for us, that's the point of dating. So Um, you know, you're not really looking for your lifelong partner when you're 11 or 13 or 14. So why encourage them to engage in a relationship that is therefore most likely going to be temporary, that's most likely going to go nowhere? So to us, there's no point and it only leaves all parties open to being hurt. So these are the two things that we taught our kids around dating that came from that value. And the first one is, is we taught them what the purpose of dating was. Okay, so you're not just giving them this rule and saying, you're not allowed to date till you're 18. Like, 
because I often have people say, do you have, do you have like an age? And yes, we do have a rough age, but, but this is where it comes from. It's not like you're not allowed to date till you're 18 because mum and dad say, teach them the why behind the what. Remember we're teaching their moral heart. So that's the first thing to do is teach them the purpose because then if they really, if they really kind of like someone in their teenage years, but they understand the why behind the what, and they understand the purpose, they'll actually make their own decisions for themselves. So that's what we taught our kids. We told them all of that stuff that I just taught you, the purpose of dating and, you know, the kind of future that we want them to have. We taught them that dating is um, to spend time with someone to see if you can spend the rest of your life with them. And so guys, are you really looking to get married when you're like 12 or 15 or even 17? So we didn't ban dating. We didn't have this outright rule. We just taught them the purpose of dating. And then we would just say, well, it kind of just doesn't make sense, guys, to date when you're that young. So as a rough guide, we would say to our kids, hey, like it's just really smart then to leave dating for when maybe when you leave school at least. Um, And then again, we would teach them school is for focusing on learning and what you want to do with your life. And dating can only distract you from that. And it's not really fulfilling the purpose of trying to find your life partner. And you're only leaving yourself open to getting hurt. And so that made sense to our kids. So teaching them the purpose of dating is a really great thing to do. It stops a lot of arguments because I'm telling you, young people teenagers really can be very reasonable when we teach them the why behind the what. So what we did say to our kids though was, hey guys, be everybody's friend, hang out in groups. Um, There were a lot of boys um, that liked Georgia at high school and beyond. Um, What's not to like? She's such a sweetie. Um, Biased. Yep. But um, there was one guy in year 12 who was planning to ask her to her year 12 formal by singing to her at their school parade. And she got wind of it. And I remember she came, she's like, flip, mum, what do I do? How embarrassing. So I used to say to her, you know what, G, be the girl that no guy can have. And she really liked that idea. So she decided um, I'm not going to go to the formal with anyone. And so I'm like, good, good plan. So, um, so she made sure that her friends kind of put that out there. And so they basically went to this guy and are like, dude, she's not going to say yes to you because she's not going to the formal with anybody. And so, you know, that's kind of how we approached it. And I'm like, sweetie, just be friends with everyone and be the girl that no one, um, that no guy can have. And so, um, anyway, that worked out. The plan worked and she went to formal and had a blast. So teach them the purpose of dating. And then the the second thing I would say is teach them, teach them not to give their heart away too early. Uh, When they give their hearts away too early, they're going to get a broken heart because, you know, another teenager, that's too big of a, that's too big of a gift for someone else to try and manage. Like, try getting another 16 year old to manage your heart and not break it. Like that's just almost impossible. And look, there are exceptions to the rule guys. There might be someone listening. That's like, I married my childhood sweetheart. And you know what? My auntie and uncle did that. They had been dating and liked each other since year six at school. Actually, my uncle died when Georgia was born and she was so heartbroken because she'd never been without him. And those love stories, they are 
movie worthy, but they're the exception and not the rule. Okay. In general, most people are not going to be with, marry the person that they went to primary school or high school with. So, but just teach them guys, your heart is really special. And that is a gift. It's a gift that you give to someone and um, teach them not to give that gift away too easily. And for that matter, guys, so is their sexuality. We didn't really focus as much on on the sex side of things because I think if they're not dating and they're not giving their heart away, they're not going to go sleeping around anyway. Um, so that's anyway another topic for discussion, um, depending again on what your values are. So we just taught our kids you know, around that, how God did have a design for sex, et cetera, to be part of a committed marriage relationship. And your heart is attached to that too. So they're the two things we taught our kids uh, to have uh, dating has a purpose and don't give your heart away too early. Um, We never minded them, however, hanging out in guy and girl groups. In fact, we encouraged it. It's a really good thing. We encourage our squads in our youth group to be mixed. So many people don't do mixed squads, but I'm like, guys, it's really good for them to learn to interact with the opposite sex in a safe place. Uh, So we encourage them. We encourage them to hang out in groups, particularly with church friends and youth leaders, because it helps them to relate to the opposite sex. They can have friendships in safe spaces. The youth leaders keep a watchful and protectful eye, which we're really grateful for. Hanging out in groups helps them to see if they do like someone, if they're compatible. They get to observe that person and see if that's the kind of person they like and maybe want to be with. Um, They can watch how that person acts and how they treat others and the different habits that they have. So, um, so that's, that's kind of our approach. Um, don't forget too, that you can use your personal story. You can use your dating years. You can be vulnerable. It's a really good way to build relationship with your kids. Don't give them too many details though. Okay. There is a level, a line in the sand, but you can definitely use your own story to teach them what to do or what to avoid doing. So the conclusion I would make about dating is, you know, dating's not wrong or right. It's not, it's not wrong. It's not unacceptable. It's not good. It's not bad. What makes dating acceptable or not acceptable is their age, the context and the motive behind it. So when they engage too young, it just doesn't lead to security and stability in my mind. Um, or in my experience, it's quite the opposite. It often ends up instead with more self-doubt, with broken a broken heart usually, and insecurity. Um, and just another word about dating, we actually have got a lot to do with protecting our kids. We as parents can do a lot now to protect our kids in the area of dating by the relationship that we have with them at home and the kind of family that we build. They are less likely to try and find validation in a dating relationship if they're validated at home. Everything begins in the home. So our family, you know, we're really close. So our kids haven't really seen a need to go dating um, at an early age. They've got a strong relationship with their dad. They've got a strong relationship with me. There's harmony in the home. And can I just have a a word to single parents? Guys, you can still create that with only one parent in the home. Okay, that was annoying. Sorry, that was Cameron trying to call me. And it came up on my computer. Crazy. 
Um, Yes, so single parents, you can create that, okay, because my family was dysfunctional. I grew up in a single parent home, but I did, I must say, got a lot of what I, I I mean, I did have a good relationship growing up most of the time with my mum, but I also got everything I needed from my church family. So if you're in a single parent home, surround them with other good influences like their youth group and a church, okay? That's really important. I can't stress that enough. All right, let's finish off with some troubleshooting. Um, what to do if you're like, oh my gosh, my child is rebelling in this area. Um, can I say too many parents are held at ransom by their own teenager? So I've I've never understood this when teenager parents are afraid of they don't know what to do when their teen starts doing something that they don't like. They start rebelling. They start doing something behind their back and they get really afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that, guys. Don't be thinking, oh, I can't go too hard because I'm going to lose them. I've got to like give in. No, I have not ever seen that end well. You're there to parent them, not be their friend. So, I would say the only place that a child could really go behind your back is at school. School is pretty much the only place that, you know, we didn't have control over. But guys, what, well, seriously, what can they do at school? Like it's limited. There's teachers around. There's a whole school community around. There's really not much time outside of lessons, um, you know, minimal, minimal time. So outside of that, school who's the boss, you or them. Don't be held ransom by threats or, you know, or, or rebellion. Um, so you've got total say over where they go and where they don't go, literally. And this is, this is why it is super important to be present because if you're not present, then you're not going to know. You're not going to know what they're up to. You know, so I guess for me, like my kids didn't even catch the bus. Oh, they used to catch the bus together. But a lot of the time, even now, like with Ashton, I go and pick him up. Not that he would do anything, but it's not like they're going to go and, you know, get off the bus at the local shops and next thing they're dating someone and doing all sorts. You as a parent have complete say and should know, particularly if you're having trouble and you don't, you, you don't trust your child, um, you've got this total say over where they do and don't go. Like don't let them go to parties where there are bad influences because yeah, then you might start having trouble. We always discourage them to spend too much time with their school friends because we didn't know the families. We didn't know their friends, but we completely encourage and let them go anywhere with their youth group, their youth leaders. And I'm not saying that, well, if you've got good youth leaders, then yes, absolutely. You can trust them. Now, one of our kids just did threaten us once and we came down like a ton of bricks because again, you can threaten us all you like. We're the boss, not you. We're not afraid of your empty threats. And this kid in a moment of frustration, I remember they said, wait until I get my car and license. I'm going to go where I want. And Cameron came swooping in and said, you want to date that person? I'll take your keys. And this child, of course, teenager said, you have no right. That will be my car. And Cameron said, watch me. So see what I'm saying? He's like, well, you live here. I'll take your keys. I'll take your phone. I'll take your internet access and you'll just stay home. And we never heard another word again. Why? Because our kids respected us and knew 
that Cameron was not joking. That's exactly what we would do. We were like, guys, we don't care. You might be, you could be 18, 17, have your car license. We'll take the whole lot. Uh, And we would say to our kids, you know, your brain's not fully developed. And sometimes we have to protect you from yourselves. So, so don't be afraid. Don't kowtow. Don't do what I've seen some parents do where they're like, oh, well, it's better that they date in front of me than behind my back. No, it's not. It's better that if you know that person is not good for your child, it's better that they don't date them at all. Stand up to them and don't be afraid of the pushback. All of the cards are in our hands, guys, while they live under our roof. Now, we've also had one of our teens threaten to move out. So do you know what we do? We walk into their bedroom and go, great, no problem. Do you want me to get the suitcase? I can help you pack right now. Where are you off to? I'll drop you there. It's an empty threat. Where are they going to go? They don't have the money. Um, so of course, they're not going to leave. They can't afford it. And do you know what? If they do, and they're you know getting that bit older, and maybe they do have the means, well, in that case, then you just have to let them go and trust that everything that you've instilled of them in them will one day come back around. So, um, but a final word on all this before we finish up, because, oh my gosh, it's been a long one today, but the hardest thing of all is probably maybe the stage that we're coming to now with a 21 and a 19 year old. Now they are old enough to make their own decisions. So I'm not going to go, you know, George is an adult and pays board and, you know, all, all of that stuff. So she is old enough now. She's got her car and her license. We're not going to go taking her keys. She is an adult that can make her own decisions. And while we can and do set rules for what can and can't happen in our house, they really have to make their own life decisions once they become um, adults. So anyway, there we go, guys. I went for a little bit longer today, um, but that's our view on dating. Like I said, you might have a different approach and that's okay too. Um, but you know, like I say with anything, maybe if you are using a different approach, have you observed another family that's ahead of you before where that approach has worked? That's the only thing I would, I would say. Um, anyway, meanwhile, if you could go and give me a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple and a written, a nice written review, I would so, so appreciate it. I love you guys. Have a wonderful week and I will see you on Wednesday. We are going to talk climate change, guys, climate change. Pray for me. Anyway, love you all. Bye.